Last week on the podcast was all about learning what a food forest is and why you should start one on your property. I explained the layers and what each one provides. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the location, needs, and plants to consider for your food forest. Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Prepping Positively podcast. I'm Annie, and today we're getting ready to start talking about planning for your food forest. Now, just like in real estate, it's all about location, location, location. You see, the location you choose will determine how well your food forest performs. If you're anything like most people, you may not have a choice of where to start yours. You may live in a residential location where the space you have to work with is only a 50 by 100 foot lot may be filled with restrictions about what you can grow or how tall your trees can be, and that's okay. The beauty of a food forest is that you can design it to whatever specifications you need it to be. If you do have a decent piece of land and more opportunities and less restrictions, then lucky you, you're not as limited. Now, I'm blessed with having 15 acres, eight of which I could meander about on to find the perfect spot. My perfect spot was an already wooded area that had some sunny spots and some shade. However, the first food forest we started a few years ago started in the front yard of our current house, which had a few oak trees off to the side, but it was basically a desert. We had nothing but sand and a few sprigs of grass that were hanging on in the heat. Our original food forest was about 380 feet from east to west and about 80 feet running from north to south. Yours can be whatever size you choose and have available. Pick your spot. Get a rough measurement. It can be 20 feet by 20 feet. The only difference between mine and yours, I have a lot more work and a lot more plants to start buying, so keep that in mind too. Once you decide where to start your food forest, you need to start considering the soil and the plants. So to start, you need some shade. After all, we need a canopy layer to protect the rest of our food forest, right? Now I can list tons of trees to plant. However, this is where you are going to have to do the legwork and the research. What grows here in Central Florida may not necessarily grow where you live. What you're looking for is some trees that grow tall. Now here again, I can plant trees that grow 50 feet. You may not be able to do that. In our original food forest, we started with the oaks that we already provided some afternoon shade. Keep in mind that this layer does not have to provide food necessarily. It does have to provide shade and protection. If you could choose taller trees that can provide both shade and protection, yet offer some form of food too, that's kind of a bonus. Now I can use the acorns from the oak trees to make acorn flour with, so I got the bonus. On your property, especially if you're limited to what trees you can plant, you might want to use some shorter trees, even if shade and protection is all they're going to offer you. You can also combine your canopy with the understory and use fruit trees or flowering trees if that's all that's available to you. What matters here is that you're providing a roof, so to speak, over your new plants that you'll be adding later. Now, there's three things I want you to keep in mind when choosing your trees. Number one is whether the species of trees you pick grow naturally in your climate. Don't choose apple trees if they don't grow there. Research what trees are native to your climate and your zone. Number two, the purpose of the trees that you're choosing. Make sure that you know what they're, you're choosing them for. If you're choosing trees for shade, make sure the species you choose does that at maturity. And number three, the maintenance requirements. 
Remember that these are the tallest trees for your food forest, and they may get tall enough that you can't prune them. Will stacking ladders and ropes for tree trimming later be an issue? If they are, you might want to reconsider these. Once you choose your trees, we need to make sure your trees get the best possible start when you plant them. Good soil is so important to the success of any garden, be it small or large. To have good soil, most of us have to amend it and compost to it. In other words, most of us cannot work with at all with what we already have. Instead, our current soil acts as a base to which we must add certain other parts to make it as usable and fertile as possible. You won't have a clue what those amendments are until you test the soil. Testing the soil is simple. Take a sample, place it in a jar, and take it to your local agricultural center. If you don't have one nearby, you can pick up a soil test kit in just about any department or gardening store. Once you know your soil type, chances are you'll have to amend it. Most plants grow extremely well in rich soil that is filled with organic nutrients and good minerals. After all, that's what the forest floor is. It's a mixture of decomposed leaves, animal droppings, and moisture that have balanced out naturally over time. You need to replicate that soil as close as you can in your food forest. To do this, there are many ways to add to what you already have. Amending your soil may include some of the following depending on the results of your soil test. Manure, either chicken, rabbit, cow, horse, pig, or goat. Hay, preferably weed-free. Dead plants, leaves, or cut grass. Wood ashes, but only in small amounts. Compost, preferably your own. Lime, to neutralize acidic soils. And fish fertilizer. Now, I want to mention here that I want you to pay attention the next time you're walking through the forest or woods to the ground. The forest floor is never bare. It's always covered up by moss, leaves, grass, branches. These act as a layer of mulch to protect the soil that is underneath. You should never have bare ground either. I had sand, like I said. Sand is great for drainage, but it's really not good for absolutely anything else. Now, because I started a rather large food forest to begin with, I couldn't possibly make enough rich compost to cover every square inch of mine right from the start. Instead, as we purchased or moved a tree for our canopy layer, we added tons of compost to build up that particular area. We repeated that process every time we planted something and still add compost as we can to this day. There is no such thing as too much here. So once you have your trees chosen, the soil is either ready or you have the compost to add to the soil, you're ready to start planting your trees. Make sure before you even start digging that you allow enough room between trees so that they, when they reach maturity, they'll be not crowding each other. Allow them space to breathe. If you purchase these trees, you should see planting instructions on the tag. If there's no instructions, ask the nursery or gardening department where you bought them about its planting requirements before you take them home. Now, if you live in an area where the winds can be substantial, consider purchasing stakes and ties to keep your trees growing up straight as they get established. If you choose very tall trees, such as pecans, walnuts, or chestnuts, for example, you should place these trees to the northern side of your food forest. These trees grow near probably 50 feet or more. This allows the smaller trees and the plants to receive plenty of sun during the, during the beginning and ending dates of the growing season when the days are usually shorter. This will not be as big of a concern if you choose smaller trees to begin with, for example, ones that may only reach 20 feet or so. Now, all that's left is to start planting your trees and creating your canopy layer. Now, I mentioned that you could start a food forest on your deck or patio earlier. 
Obviously, you won't plant tall trees that reach 50 feet on your deck. This is where you have to downsize everything. How about dwarf fruit trees? Apples, pears, peaches, all can be bought as a dwarf version and will act as the canopy for your food forest on the patio or the deck. Remember, it's all about being the tallest plants to provide shade and protection. Be sure to plant these trees in large enough pots to allow for their root systems to grow. So whether you're in the yard, in the woods, or on the patio, you've chosen your trees for your canopy layer. In next week's episode, we'll discuss the understory layer and the shrub layers. So until next week, pick your spot, test your soil, choose your trees, and get that canopy layer planted. See you next week.